sticking to the plan. <laughs> what do we say? There's a plan. We're gonna execute it. It's happening. Executions. Um, is that what we're about to talk about? No. Okay, good. Because <laughs> that would have been wild if that was the case. Right. <laughs> good segue. <laughs> Oh, God. Okay, so welcome to the Devil's Margarita podcast. I'm Ali. And I'm Amanda. And I don't know how long today's episode is going to be. Um, Do you mean it's not going to be nearly two hours? What? What? (laughs) Sorry to disappoint, (laughs) but it definitely will not be almost two hours. Okay, fair. (laughs) But yeah, so uh, just randomly... Let's say that you needed, like, some cash really quickly, right? Oh, okay. What would you do? Like, for me, I think I would, like, drive an Uber or, like, do DoorDash or something like that. Yeah, I was going to say, like, yeah, either do, like, yeah, Uber Eats or something like that or, like, maybe just, like, talk to the bank for a loan. Right, wild. Um, I know, Um, radical. um, (laughs) What an out there, you know, suggestion. But. Would you think possibly about kidnapping a busload of children? Um, absolutely not. That sounds like a didn't lot of responsibility to me. <laughs> like it didn't cross your mind at all? No, it absolutely didn't. I couldn't imagine anything worse than a bus full of school children, to be honest. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> <laughs> well, I ask because today we're going to be talking about the largest mass kidnapping in U.S. history. Oh, I actually think I've heard of this before. Yeah, so this is the Chowchilla bus kidnapping. Okay, so I, um, I'm happy because I feel like this is not going to be anywhere near as heavy as uh, some of the other true crime stuff that we've done. It really isn't. And I just don't know if I had the mental capacity today to deal with something really, really horrible. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with this. <laughs> Yeah, it is a little bit, it's not as heavy. I mean, it's tragic. Obviously still not a good thing, obviously. Right. But we're not talking about, like, slaughtering things and Mm. the deep shit that we've previously gotten into. Yeah, no no, uh, mass suicides or cults or... No one, you know, looking for UFOs and then (laughs) drinking Kool-Aid, anything like that. Okay, awesome. Down. Okay. Okay, so we're going to start off by talking about a man named Frank Edward Ray. He goes by the name of Ed, and he was born on February 26th, 1921 in La Grande, California. So Ed was one of eight children. He was born to Frank Sr. and Mari Ray. I don't understand all these senior juniors, the thirds, (laughs) but I mean, apparently it's a thing. I mean, yeah, not really commonplace, I feel, here, but I'm sure it serves a purpose for some reason. Right, like I can't – well, no, actually, (laughs) I say that. Fun fact. (laughs) Okay. I was named after my pop. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he was Alexander. I'm Alexandra. I go by Ali because it's easier than explaining Mm. that Alex is also a girl's name. (laughs) Yeah. So I was about to say, like, I don't get it. Why do they keep naming them (laughs) after themselves? Meanwhile. Uh, (laughs) Meanwhile, you're literally named after a family member. Okay. Whoops. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm eating a Hershey's kiss because I need the chocolate stimulation. So now that I've eaten my Hershey's, 
<laughs> We've got the priorities out of the way. Exactly. We're, uh, you know, knocking things off the, the to-do list. <laughs> so while still young, the Ray family moved to Chowchilla in California. I think that is an adorable name, Chowchilla. Because it makes me think of chinchillas. I was going to say, that's really exactly what it makes me think of is chinchillas. Right. I just want a chinchilla, but we're not allowed to have them. But oh I really want God. one. It reminds me of like a cross between a chinchilla and a chow. Mm. Oh, my God. Could you imagine a, like a oh miniature chow chow? Jeez. I suppose <laughs> it's kind of like a Pomeranian almost. <laughs> yeah, a little. Oh, so cute. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I just derailed that entirely. And that's fine. That's what we're here for. <laughs> so Ed loved living in the quiet town of Chowchilla and he ended up buying a farm with his wife and they spent many years growing corn and raising cattle. And they also ended up having two sons, Glenn and Danny. In the 50s, Ed decided to become a bus driver for the local school district and he was a, like quintessential wholesome. <laughs> like oh, really? he was... Yeah, he was just a very private man. He was very hardworking and the students and the staff that he would transport and work alongside absolutely loved him and, like, they really respected Ed. So July 15th had started as a regular summer day for Ed. He was spending the summer transporting kids to and from summer school and this Thursday was absolutely no different. There was 26 kids from Dairyland Elementary School. Adorable. (laughs) So on this particular day, there was like 19 girls, seven boys aged between five and 14. Oh, the kids had spent, I know the kids had spent the day at the Chowchilla fairground swimming pool. And Ed was there to pick them up and drop them off at home safely as per usual. So Ed and the busload of kids are making their way home around 4 p.m. And Ed notices that there's a van in front of him and it's slowly coming to a stop. So, of course, he stops the bus like the Good Samaritan that he was, thinking that maybe the occupants had just broken down and needed some help or something. But, unfortunately, three men got out of the van. Their faces were obstructed with nylon stockings, and one of the men was carrying a sawed-off shotgun. I could not think of anything worse than putting stockings on your face. Like, like, you know, it, like, smushes your face and you look real disturbing. Like, right. And you've got a shotgun. No, thank you. Plus, it's a little bit cliche, to be honest. I mean, it is. I mean, like, how much does it actually... I mean, I guess it depends on the level of, of, of tights, I guess. But I'm like, how much does that really obstruct your face anyway? Right. I I do remember, like, you know when there was a phase of, like, doing, like, the, like, snakeskin kind of makeup Ooh, trend? yeah. And, like, you'd put, like, the stockings of your face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember just doing that and like my face smushing and I was like, oh my God, never again. (laughs) That's what I always think about when I think of nylon stockings on the face. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not a good look. No, I mean like I, I, to be fair that they probably weren't like trying to look attractive, but. True. Priorities. It's still still a no from me. Yeah. It's a hard no. Yeah. So the three proceeded to board the bus essentially and they point the gun at Ed and tell him to move aside. With one of the kidnappers still holding the gun, Ed does as he's told and tries to keep the the kids calm while another assailant, I know, it's so sweet, another assailant gets behind the wheel of the bus and the third man exits the bus and gets into the white van and he is leading the bus around, essentially. So 
The bus was driven to a shallow branch of the Chowchilla River where a second van was parked and the kid, the three kidnappers order the kids and Ed to get out of the bus and into the two vans, which they had like the back window was blacked out and the inside was reinforced with like timber panelling. Mm. So after the group were locked into the back of the two vans, the three men tried to conceal the bus in a drainage ditch with bamboo and brush. So the two vans were then driven around for about 11 hours. And what? I know when they were hours. Yeah. So I assume that this was because they wanted to disorientate the group. I think one of the girls that like survived it said that she was unsure if she was even in California anymore. Well, yeah, I've been driving for 11 hours. I know. You'd think that you were on the other side of the country, essentially. Mm. But, yeah, so they were actually taken to a quarry in Livermore, which was only two hours away from where the group had been abducted. So, yeah, they were deliberately trying to, like, throw them off so they didn't know where they were. Exactly. The two vans finally come to a stop and the kidnappers walk the group to a hole in the ground. I cannot imagine how terrifying that would have been. Well, I mean, ha- like, hang on, wait, how old are these kids again? Between 5 and 14. Yeah, okay. Absolutely terrified. Right. I mean, like, I think at any age you'd be terrified of, like, strange men kidnapping you and leading you to a fucking hole on the ground. But I think, like, particularly children would, yeah, would and, not be coping with that very well. Right. And by this point, it's, like, late night, early hours of the morning. Mm. So you're tired. You're, ex- like, absolutely exhausted from like the panic and the anxiety and now you're at some weird location you have no idea where you are and there's just a hole in the ground Jeez. so one by one the kidnappers wrote down the name and the age of each victim took a piece of their clothing and then forced them to climb into the hole in the ground and down a ladder which led to like a buried eight by 16 foot moving truck that had been buried into this hole. It had been stocked with some mattresses and a small amount of food and water. So they they had really planned this out. Yeah. And the tire wells had actually been turned into makeshift toilets. Like. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. They put like a little hole into the tire well where it essentially looked like a seat. And, yeah, it had become a toilet. So while this was all happening, Ed was trying his best along with the older children to keep the younger children nice and calm. Mm-hmm. But once everyone was in the makeshift bunker, the kidnappers removed the ladder and told the group that they would be back and then they just closed the lid. <gasps> oh, my God. Which essentially plunged the whole group into just complete darkness. Fuck that. Uh, one of the survivors said that one of the only things that she heard was a fan for the makeshift ventilation system. And then not long after they were plunged into darkness, all they heard was like a thump on the roof of the the bunker. Okay. Followed by a few more thumps sounding like, so it was essentially the sound of them being buried. Oh my God. In this bunker. Yeah. Meanwhile, I wonder of if course, they realized that. Right. Yeah, she just said that, like, she heard this thump. Yeah, but she probably knows that now. Right. Because, like, you can look back on it and probably know the details. But at the time, I'm wondering, like, did they know that that's what was happening? 
Right. I can't imagine what would have been going through like the elder kids and Ed's mind. Like Ed probably would have put two and two together. But yeah, as of like a five-year-old, you would have no idea. Oh my God. Yeah. So meanwhile, the parents of the kids were starting to panic, of course. Like a whole busload of kids just vanished. I feel like that doesn't happen every day. Right? It's not your usual Thursday. No. I feel like it's not even like usual for a kidnapping. Right? It's kind of strange that it's like a whole busload. I feel like, you know, if kids get kidnapped, um, I would assume, and I don't actually know the statistics on this, I'm just assuming, I would assume that it's mostly from people that they know. Yeah, I think the statistics that we know now show that there's a higher chance of it being somebody that is familiar with the child. So did this have like a, like these strange men come and kidnap all these kids for seemingly, well, like if we don't know yet, but for no reason? Seems bizarre. Yeah, exactly. So with the help of the local police, they tried to pinpoint the route that the bus normally took. And it wasn't like soon after nightfall that they had found it hidden away in the brush in the bush. Mm-hmm. So... I think it was about 30 FBI agents arrived on the scene and everyone was just trying to figure out what the fuck had happened to these kids. Because I, I think if I was the parents, I'd be like, fuck, who is this bus driver? What has he done with my kids? Yeah. I guess that probably actually would be the most logical conclusion, wouldn't it? Cause yeah, like I think they're only adult with them. Yeah. And he's missing. Here's the bus that he was driving and all of the children mm. are like gone. Yeah, I guess I hadn't considered that because I I know that he's with them. Um, yeah. But, like, on the other side, yeah, that is totally the logical conclusion that you would come to, especially if you can't find the bus driver. Right? Like, here's the bus that, you know, was supposed to be bringing my children back. Yeah. But there's no child. There's no bus driver. I think that would be my first logical thought was, like, the fuck did he do? Like, regardless of how respected he was, like, we know that there's been a lot of bad people that have just been able to get the trust of others um, mm. and then they do really shitty things. Um, so I think that's where my first thought would have probably gone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that makes absolute sense. Yeah. So Ed was actually trying to keep everyone calm because Aww. what just a lovely fucking man that he was. And I cannot imagine that that would have been an easy feat with like 26 young kids in a dark mm. makeshift bunker I mean, so especially bas- like the younger ones, they just cry and stuff because they don't know any better. Yeah, absolutely. It's dark. It, you're tired. You yeah, have you don't no know idea. where you are. Where are your parents? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, it would yeah. be terrifying. So Ed basically tells everyone to just, you know, drink some water, have a little bit of the food and try and get some rest and they'll figure it out. Oh, bless him. But after some time, the food and water was running low. Like it wasn't like there was days worth of consumables essentially Mm, like it was just a little bit and so it was starting to run low and the ventilation fans had stopped working so the bunker was very quickly filling with very warm air making it extremely hot and stuffy there's no ventilation and so ed knew that he had to try and figure a way out for him and the kids before this situation got really fucking bad So Ed and the older children, they started stacking up some of the mattresses so that they could try and reach the opening at the top of the truck. Mm -hmm. 
The truck had actually been covered with, this is what the thump was, a heavy sheet of metal and it was weighed down by two 100-pound industrial batteries. So about Jesus 90 Christ. kilos. Yeah. It took hours, but Ed and the oldest boy, 14-year-old Michael Marshall, had actually wedged the lid of the manhole open with a piece of wood. Okay. And eventually, after a couple of hours, they were able to move the batteries and dig away the remainder of the debris that was blocking the entrance. Mm-hmm. So 16 hours after they had entered the buried truck, I can't believe that they were in there for 16 fucking hours. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. In complete darkness, it's now incredibly stuffy. You've got a makeshift toilet. Also, like, I think what would be going through my mind is like, why the fuck is this even happening? Right? Yeah. Like all of the questions in the world. Yeah. And I'm assuming no answers. Absolutely. So after 16 hours, the group escapes and they were actually found by a security guard of the quarry in a remote area near the Shadow Cliffs East Bay Regional Park. The group was then taken to the Santa Rita Rehabilitation Center, which is actually a jail. Oh, okay. They were taken there because it was the only place big enough that could like comfortably house the group. Okay. And so everyone was checked over by a medical team and then interviewed by police. They were given like apples and juice and stuff. And I was just like, oh my God, that's so wholesome. (laughs) Like terrifying and really sad that that happened. But apples. (laughs) I can't even remember the last time I had an apple. (laughs) It's just like, it is like school kid food, isn't it? (laughs) Right. Like quintessential. Here's an apple. Here's your PBJ. (laughs) so yeah after 36 hours since the very first encounter with the kidnappers the group was actually returned to chowchilla by a police escorted bus and this was just before the dawn of july 17th so pretty quickly the quarry's owner the quarry owner's son 24 year old frederick newell woods Mm -hmm. came under suspicion because he actually had the keys to the quarry and had enough access to be able to just bury a moving truck. Plus, he was actually spotted by security guards digging a hole a few months ago. So clearly a mastermind criminal. Absolutely. Just an absolute fucking genius. What the fuck? So, of course, a warrant was executed on the estate of Woods's father and police recovered one of the guns used in the kidnapping, kidnapping, along with a draft of a ransom note, which contained a reference to Hugh Pentecost's story, The Day the Children Vanage, Vanished, which apparently was a story that had been published in Alfred Hitchcock's book, Daring Detectives. <laughs> okay. Yep, <laughs> living out their wildest fantasies. And it also a draft plan was found scribbled on a scrap of paper, which spells out literally step-by-step step, what their plan was. Oh, my God. Like, are actual... They, are they actually, like, fucking dumb? Like, it literally says, and this, the images will be on our socials, but it literally says, stop a bus, transfer oh the occupants, Put occupants to sleep. Take occupants to a hideout. Lock them in. <laughs> um, okay. Next to each dot point was it also lists like what could go wrong, like passes by when collecting the occupants, that it was dangerous to put them to sleep, that there was a risk of suffocation when they lock them in the bunker. Oh my god! And also that they would actually need water and food, like step by step dot points of their plan 
Okay. Genius. <laughs> I, I feel like you'd have to be really dumb to write this stuff down. Like, I feel like that's like, you know, criminal 101. Like, don't write shit down. All right. If you're going to write it down, keep it on your person. But also, like, why do you need dot points like, oh, they might suffocate? Surely you just know that in your brain. Right. Like, I think if you're going to conduct a kidnapping, you know that you're going to, like, you know, take the occupants. Mm-hmm. So you don't really need no take occupants as a dot point. Like, Jesus it's Christ. kind of the whole plan. <laughs> Fucking hell. So, yes, very clever um, criminals as well. Absolutely. Up here for thinking. Like, <laughs> 100%. Good job. So Woods, along with two friends, brothers James and Richard Schoenfeld, they had basically taken off. Like all three were just like, nah, fuck it, deuces, and left. Um, so, <laughs> Okay, so they made all, the, all this plan, then they went, uh, actually. Exactly. So eight days after the kidnapping, however, on July 23rd, Richard Schoenfeld, accompanied by his lawyer and father, voluntarily turned himself into authorities in Oakland and he was held in lieu of $1 million bail. So come July 29th, Woods was captured in Vancouver and James was captured in Menlo Park in California on the same day. Mm -hmm. Apparently, James was like preparing to surrender at the time of his capture But here's the fucking kicker, right? It turned out that during the time, like during the kidnapping, the trio were unable to call in their intended ransom demand, which was for like, I think, $5 million. And this is because (laughs) the phone lines at the time were tied up with calls from the families that were searching for their children. So (laughs) they couldn't actually call in their ransom. So, you know, it had been a big day for the three. So they just decided, you know what? Fuck it. It's been a big day. Can't call in our ransom. Fucking tired. I'm going to take a nap. Oh, my fucking God. You not have maybe some other things to be thinking about right now. So, you know, like they assumed that since, like, the victims had somewhere to sleep, they had a little bit of food and water that, like, you know, like the truck should be secure. Fuck it. I'm going to just have a snooze. (laughs) However, unfortunately for them, they woke up July 16th late in the evening and they turned on the telly and the news was on that (laughs) the group had escaped. Oh, my God. Could you imagine that room? Can you just imagine their fucking face? Like they turn yeah. on the telly and it's just like, this is the news group of 27 found in like, you know, <laughs> kidnapped and now safe. And you'd just be like, fuck, that was not on our dot point list. <laughs> that, that, that wasn't even like one of the things that could go wrong. Right. This wasn't in the contingency plan at all. Yeah, no, I can only imagine. I wonder if it was like they started to like blame each other. What? Yeah, they all start turning on yeah, each yeah. other. Because, like, I imagine, like, that level of criminal would absolutely do that. Right? Like, I'm imagining, like, that Benny Hill slapstick music yeah, playing absolutely. in the background. <laughs> While they all just panic and point fingers at each other. Right? Like, well, you're the one who said you wanted to have a nap. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine that is exactly how they would have said it, too. Exactly. Like, God damn it, James, if we didn't have a nap, this wouldn't have happened. <laughs> So James later actually stated that even though 
the three came from wealthy families. Like they weren't your typical like doing it tough, didn't have any nummy, like money. They were from wealthy families. But apparently the three were in severe debt. I'm not exactly sure why they were in severe debt, but like okay. he said, quote, we needed multiple victims to get multiple millions and we picked children because children are precious. The state would be willing to pay ransom for them and they don't fight back. They're vulnerable. They will mind, um, end quote. How much fucking debt are you in? Right, to need multiple millions Yeah, in the 50s. What the? Sorry, in the 70s. Actual fuck. Like, I am confusion. What are you doing? What have you been doing? (laughs) Did you, like, blow it all and, like, blow, essentially? Probably. Like, I mean. What else would have been that expensive? Right? I'm actually surprised that they went for five, considering that they would have had to divide that by three. Well, I guess that's why they needed so many victims. But, like, wouldn't you then go for six? So that's like two mil each, <laughs> like rather than trying to do the math. And well, so, apparently like, they didn't know a six. So well, I mean, I guess it wasn't part of their plan. <laughs> it wasn't on the contingency plan. Sorry, it wasn't a dot point. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so on July twenty fifth, nineteen seventy seven, Woods and Schoenfeld, or the Schoenfeld brothers rather, pleaded guilty to kidnapping for ransom and robbery. I would, but they so. did. Ref- Right. They did refuse to plead guilty to infliction of bodily harm since alongside the kidnapping charge, that would have carried a mandatory life sentence without the possibility of parole. So was anyone actually injured? Well, there was apparently some cuts and bruises, but okay. not severe injuries. Okay. Um, so like no one suffered from like, you know, the poor ventilation or. Right. Like, like there that. was like a little bit of. um. I assume that, like, they were all fine because I couldn't see that there was any major okay. issues. But, yeah, it just says basically cuts and bruises. Okay. Um, and I mean, like, like some still not great, stuff. but in the grand no. scheme of things, probably got out of it pretty lucky. Yeah, so the three were tried on the bodily harm charge, though, like, and they were found guilty and they were given the mandatory sentence. Um, but later on it was overturned by a court of p- appeal since, like I said, like, there wasn't, significant injuries that lined up mm-hmm. with the standard for bodily harm under the law. Okay. So the three were sent like resentenced to life with the possibility of parole. So in 2012 at the age of 57, Richard Schoenfeld was released and James Schoenfeld was parole was paroled on August 7th, 2015. Mm-hmm. Um and he was 63 at the age of his parole. Okay. However, in October of 2019, Woods was denied parole for the 19th time. Oh, um, my God. <laughs> and some of the reasons given for the da- the denials included his continued – con- why can I not speak today? <laughs> oh, my God. So <laughs> some of the denials included his continued mis- minimization. Oh, my God. Am I Okay. <laughs> No. You're going to get through this. You're going to get through this. The answer is no. (laughs) His continued minimization (laughs) of his crime as well as disciplinary infractions. Give a shit about it. Yeah, he was just like, no, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. It's not like I killed someone. Just like, oh, no, you didn't kill anyone. You just scarred these people for life. Good job. (laughs) 
<laughs> I feel like that's like not the way to think. Like, oh, you know, I committed this like horrible crime, but I didn't murder someone. Right. I feel like I'm going to use that against my parents from now on. Like, <laughs> they're just going to say, oh, well, you didn't do this. Well, at least I didn't kill someone. <laughs> I mean, valid. Right. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. But <laughs> apparently, part of his like disciplinary infractions, though, were like, possession of contraband pornography and cell phone oh. just like of all the things man to be snuggling into jail all right <laughs> I mean, um i've got a i've got to think that like smuggling in porn is probably actually pretty common i would assume so too you know they haven't, um, they haven't seen some titties in a while i get it right like you always see in the movies that they've got posters of like playboy on the wall yeah but i'm assuming that like that's not realistic i have no idea I don't know. Like, are you allowed to, like, order dirty magazines in prison? It's just, like, on the, like, what do they call it? What do they call it when they can buy stuff? I forget that word. Fuck. It's right It's right there, but I can't get it. <laughs> yeah, imagine, like, you just put in a form to, like, you got, like, you know, your chips and your two-minute noodles and... <laughs> Your porn. <laughs> you know, the standard shopping list. That's my shopping list every time I go out. I don't know about right, you. It's just a, a weekday shop. Exactly. Like, that's an Easy. average day. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so, actually, in 2016, it also came out via a workers' compensation lawsuit filed against Woods that he had been running several businesses behind bars, including a gold mine. <laughs> How the fuck do you run that from prison? Right. He also apparently had a car dealership, but a gold Also mine. how? <laughs> I'm genuinely confused. Well, I mean, how are they running them? Like, what are they doing? Oh, like, you know, just pass me the books while you're visiting. I'll, 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 I'll do them right now. Right. Like, between the time of, like, 3.15 and 3.30, I have a free schedule to uh, take a phone call in case you would like to hear about my cars <laughs> that I don't currently have on my persons. I, yeah. I don't understand. How how would you run a car dealership or a gold mine from prison? Like, what the Who fuck? the fuck runs a gold mine? Also <laughs> that. <laughs> well, what is it, like the 1880s? Like, come on. Right? Like, everyone's out there with their pants. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, so as a kicker, Fred is actually heir to two wealthy California families being the Newells and the Woodses, and he apparently inherited a trust fund from his parents, which was described in one court filing as being worth around $100 million. Oh, go get fucked. <laughs> like, actually, just go get fucked. Meanwhile. <laughs> yeah, so his lawyer dis like did dispute that amount, though. Fun fact, also, he's actually been married three times while in prison. Like, this dude is busy in prison like he's running two businesses he's managing a trust fund he's getting married and he's also purchasing like a mansion about 30 30 minutes away from the prison that he's in like dude is busy no wonder he has dot points (laughs) if i were single right now and i just heard that i think i'd be crying myself to sleep tonight What the fuck? (laughs) Right? (laughs) But, like, this dude's, like, caught up about five mil. 
that he's not even going to get the he's not even going to get the five mil. He's going to get a portion of what? I, I okay, just a bunch of geniuses essentially. Yeah, apparently. So in March of this year, panel of two commissioners recommended Woods for parole, but it does require the approval of the full parole board, the board's legal division, and California's governor. So this is currently ongoing. So it could be, I don't know, later on this year we hear that he's being released or that he's been denied again, but, yeah, it's currently ongoing. Is it still the governor? I don't think so. I don't think so either. No. I do like that. I I can say that and you know exactly what I mean. (laughs) It is a man named Gavin Newsom. Okay. All right, Gav. Good old Gav. Never heard of him before. Um, No, me either. (laughs) No idea who he is. But yeah, so the bus driver, Mr. Ed himself, received a California School Employees Association citation for outstanding community service. And he actually continued to drive the bus until he retired in 1988. Aww. Isn't he sweet? I feel like a lot of people would probably be like a bit traumatised from that and probably wouldn't want to drive the bus anymore. Right. The sad thing is, though, he did pass away. Oh, no. In 2012 at the age of 91. But just before he died, he was actually visited by many of the children that he actually helped save. Oh, that is so fucking wholesome. So sweet. Like, this melted me, but apparently, like, of course Ed was considered a hero because fucking of course he was. Of course, yeah. But I did read that he actually didn't see himself as a hero and he was actually a little bit embarrassed by all the attention that was thrown his way after the incident. So the way he saw it apparently was that he just got caught up in a bad situation and he just did his best to take care of the kids that were in his charge, essentially. I mean, look, I kind of get that because I feel like, you know, most people would probably try in the situation. Right. But still, like, you know, he did the damn thing. He did. And it was just a little bit embarrassed by the attention. Like, oh, jeez. Uh. So wholesome. What the fuck? <laughs> I feel like we don't talk about things that wholesome on this podcast. I know. This is like a bit <laughs> of a different episode. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. I mean, still a crime, obviously. Absolutely. But like... Don't have to feel like really like fucking depressed about it, right? This is a little bit like I mean, it's sad and it's tragic because a lot of the kids. Oh like, no, suffered, like definitely. But it is also a little bit wholesome. Yeah, I mean, especially since like everyone survived. Yeah, thank God everyone survived. Also, in 2015, the Sports and Leisure Park in Chowchilla was actually renamed to the Edward Ray Park. Oh my god! It gets better because every oh February 26 has been declared as Edward Ray Day in Chowchilla. Oh my god! Ah, it's so cute. He's like in his grave, being embarrassed eternally. Right? He's just like <laughs> stop. <laughs> However, like unfortunately, of course, like since the kidnapping, there were a lot of children that like suffered from panic attacks. Oh my god! Of course, I got um. Side note, I got my, like, little flavoured milk and I was just like, oh, no, I'm wearing the exact same jumper that I spilled on <laughs> last time. <laughs> Don't do it again. Success, there has been no spillage yet. <laughs> yeah, so unfortunately since the kidnapping, a lot of the children suffered from panic attacks, nightmares, personality changes, which is now understood to be PTSD. And it's said that many of the children, like, developed fears of things like cars, the dark, 
the of course, wind. Of course. One of the other things that I did kind of see that was a byproduct of it was one of the victims actually apparently like shot at a tourist with a BB gun. Oh. And that was Lordy. when like the tourist's car actually broke down in front of their home. I cannot help but fucking sympathize because I feel like that would have just stirred up so much to have people out the front of your house mm. where you're supposed to feel safe and then there's just this random truck and people are like fussing around it trying to like innocently enough but yeah it just goes to speak like how the trauma has affected them oh like absolutely i wouldn't i it'd be hard to expect that you'd be fine after that yeah so Many of the children continued to report trauma symptoms, of course, which included, like, substance abuse and depression, while a couple had been imprisoned. But in saying that, what was learned from the after effects suffered by the kidnapping victims has actually apparently guided the treatment of young victims of trauma since the kidnapping, though. So it's actually, it's really helped in a really sad way but it's helped guide how they treat and how they look at trauma from a young victim, which okay. is like, it's sad, but it's also like been a huge help in how young victims are, are treated afterwards. Yeah. I mean, you definitely don't want to be the person who uh, has to go through the trauma to help other people's trauma. But I guess like one of those things where, you know, at least if you had to go through that, it did something good in the end. Exactly. Yeah. Also, in 2016, 25 of the surviving victims settled a lawsuit against the kidnappers. So the money that they received was a payout out of Woods's aforementioned trust fund. We don't know the exact settlement amount since it was never disclosed, but one of the survivors had said that apparently each victim had received, quote, Enough to pay for some serious therapy, but not enough for a house. Okay. Which sucks because dude's walking around with 100 mil. Right? I bet it at least pissed him off though. So that's something. Absolutely. (laughs) So that is the story, but there is a little bit of a side note. Okay. There's actually a song uh, by a gentleman called Robert Goulet. I think that's how you say his last name. Mm -hmm. And he was apparently quite a successful singer in the 60s through to the 80s, and he had a limited release on an album titled Timeless, and one of the tracks is called Ballad of Chowchilla Ray. Okay. I looked it up, and it was really hard to find, but you can actually find it on SoundCloud. So if you can, Google Ballad of Chowchilla Ray SoundCloud, and the top search should be, like, Robert Goulet. I don't know if I can include it on our socials because of, like, copyright and stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. But it has some definite disco vibes. <laughs> like, this, okay, is a bit of a bop. I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing it. Now. Yeah, it's a bit uh, of so a. How do you spell Chachilla? C H O W C H I L L A. Chachilla Ray. Sound cloud. Oh, okay, I found it. I would say Goulet. Hmm. Or it's 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 Goulet. Goulet. Either one. This could be like a live reaction. Ooh. Yeah, it, I mean, it's pretty much going to be. Oh, that bass line. Right, it's a bop. It is very much of the time. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
you know what you know what it is? It's disco Johnny Cash. Mm, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is a perfect <laughs> Which way is to a, describe it. A wild combination, but that's what I'm hearing. Right? Like, I could see me doing the jive to this. <laughs> is that the right era? I don't know. But like I I was listening to it and I just caught glimpses of the actual story and I was just like, oh, Okay, so I was just reading the comments on this, and what the fuck? Oh, really? There's one comment that says, I'm nine years old, and news of the kidnapping gave me a nightmare. I still remember. But mercifully, I'll soon forget this song. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was a wild ride. That was brutal. Um, I'm going to be honest, the lyrics are a bit um, disturbing. Right? Like, it's not into... Because you don't hear them at first. No. But now that I... Okay, this is just, they're kind of disturbing, but it's like wrapped up in this like disco like beat. It's, it's so fucking weird. Right? It's kind of like you're having a good time enjoying disco music and then you're not having a good time because the lyrics are fucking deep. Yeah. It's bizarre. Why did he write this? I have no idea. <laughs> but we have it. <laughs> okay, well, um, I'm going to stop, stop listening to it there because I feel like it's just more of the same. But um, if you're listening to this, I highly recommend that you do that because that was an experience. It, yeah. <laughs> it, Disco Johnny Cash. It is definitely an experience. It was an experience for my ears. Yeah. I'm not sure it was a good one, but it was an experience. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the movie Dirty Harry? No, I don't think I have. Sorry, Chips barked through it now. But apparently, like... This whole kidnapping was inspired by a scene in that movie. Oh, um, okay. And it was actually planned for 18 months. So I do want to throw that in. I, I was actually going to say, I'm like, how do you just like wake up one day and go, I'm going to I'm gonna bury a school bus full of children? I'm more concerned about the fact that this was planned for 18 months and they still just And had, they still fucked it up so badly. Yeah, they still had one piece yeah. of paper with dot points. <laughs> <laughs> That was 18 months work right there. What are you talking about? <laughs> I just can't believe they didn't even get to get, make the ransom call. I was like, I do forget sometimes that we live in an age where we can just call. Like, I do remember there were times when I would try to call my friends and you couldn't get through because they were on the phone. Like, the phones yeah. were tired. Like, that was a thing. Like, that is not really a thing anymore. <laughs> no. It's really Because not. no one ever wants to make a phone call. Absolutely. Do not call me. Just text me. <laughs> Absolutely. Send me like, an email. If you call, I will watch the like ring out, and then I'll send you a message being like, I "Hey, do what did you too. want?" I screen calls like a motherfucker. <laughs> I'm just like, "Who are you? What do you want? Leave me a message." I mean, if and if, if I don't know the number, it's never getting answered. Absolutely. If it's important, they'll leave a message. Exactly. They'll tell me who they are. To be honest, no one ever really calls me anyway because they all know. <laughs> everyone that knows me knows that I'm going to screen their calls, so they just text me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, modern so modern society, what are things? That is the story of the Chowchilla bus kidnapping. It is wow, okay. not as deep as what we have previously talked about. Look, it's not great still, but no, I not. feel good because everyone survived. Me too. Um, it's not very often that we get a story where everyone has survived. Exactly. I, I don't think we've ever told one where anyone really survived. Um, yeah, I think we've talked a lot about people dying. <laughs> and this is not um, the case here. Weirdly... A lot of true crime is that. I know. Um, what is that? <laughs> right? Like, how bizarre. Are criminals okay? 
I mean, no. I hope, I hope that was a received as sarcasm because clearly they're not. But yeah, so uh, that was the story. I had I had heard that before. Um, I don't think I knew all the details though, because I thought that the school bus was buried. Yeah. Um, I didn't realise that they were put into a different vehicle. Yeah, so they were actually, like, transported and then moved around and then buried yeah, in, I like, didn't know that. a moving truck. Yeah. I literally thought that they just hijacked the school bus, took it somewhere, buried it. Can you imagine, though, being buried in a school bus? Like, that would be horrific. It, I mean, like, it would be, but I'm like, at least there would have been more room. But, like, you would have been watching as that, like, you slowly get buried alive. Like... That's true. In, that does sound terrific. In the trailer, like there's, there'll be pictures on the socials, like I said before, but it was like, it was kind of like reinforced a little bit with like some wooden beams. But I think with the pressure of everything on top of it, like the top portion of the trailer had actually started caving in. And that oh was God. like another factor to Ed, like being like, fuck, we need, I, we need to figure this out. Um, oh, because Jesus. yeah, it was like slowly, like, just folding in on itself essentially um like you know i can understand like the like the panic that the kids would have had because they wouldn't have understood well especially like the younger ones um wouldn't have like fully understood and like even the older ones would probably would have been like i don't know what to do so like i can't imagine like the position that ed would have been in Mm. where like he's the adult in the situation they would have been looking to him to you know keep them safe yeah I don't know that I would be good in that situation. Oh, I definitely would not be. I would hope that it would just like the survival instinct would kick in and I'd figure it out, but I don't know. Right? Like I might just, you know, go sit and cry in a corner. Right? Um, I I feel like, like I would just be like, you know what? I'm going to bed. Like that's how I deal with yeah, stress. Yeah, I can't I can't do this. I'm sorry. I just deal with stress and be like, you know what? I'm going to go to sleep. I am the woods. <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. It's been a big day. I'm asleep. <laughs> oh dear. But yeah, crazy. I actually yeah, found this, this a wild uh, story. This one on TikTok. Um, oh, okay. I have found myself on Crime Talk. Oh, I've I I I don't want my TikTok to be that. I want my TikTok to be a place that I enjoy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like my waves of TikTok move really quickly. Like I'm getting off topic here, but whatever. We're done with the story. We, yeah, like my waves on TikTok move really quickly. Like I'll find myself on Crime Talk today and this week, and then by next week I'll be on something different like Lawn Talk or Crochet Talk. Or something like, <laughs> like it's real random. I got on Dad Talk at some point, like, oh. and it was literally just dads talking about how to like barbecue and – mow their lawns like i can't believe dad talk is a thing yeah it's weird weird i mean i honestly feel like my tiktok has been the same for ages now and it is a combination of three things pop punk talk pet talk essentially cats or dogs doesn't matter Mm -hmm. um and thirst trap talk like it's it's just that's that's where we are i Um, actually haven't seen a thirst trap in a long time um look i it's probably a good thing because most of them are not very good Right, like so. While you're over there <laughs> watching your thirst traps, I'm over here learning how to uh, edge my lawn. <laughs> Look, probably um, more useful than watching some guy think that he's real hot taking your shirt off. Um. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Let me show you how uh, how hot I am," and I'm over here like, "Oh, so that's how you like get a nice clean edge." <laughs> 
on your lawn. Yep, got it. <laughs> oh, you need to aerate your lawn? Don't worry, fam, I got you. <laughs> Honestly, far more useful. <laughs> I wish I wish my TikTok was teaching me shit. It's not. I'm sure there's like a valuable lesson in there somewhere. I think it's just mindless um, entertainment, to be honest. <laughs> It's not a bad thing. And look, I'm fine with that. Like, sometimes you just need that. I find myself losing hours to TikTok and not like... Same. Not like, oh, this is an exaggeration of hours. Like, literal hours to TikTok. It's crazy. I, I don't understand. Like, you know, why does the time pass so quickly on TikTok and so slowly Anything that I'm meant to be doing. Right? Yeah. How bizarre. How does that work? So, sorry, this has um, become a let's talk about TikTok. Yeah. Even though you can't <laughs> find us on TikTok, you can find us, though, on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> at Devil's What Margarita. a fucking segue. Yeah, we're getting back. We're getting back. <laughs> <laughs> So much better at the segues than I am. <laughs> but yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, socials, that's a thing. <laughs> By the way. <laughs> so yeah, you can catch us on Instagram and Twitter, which is the Devil's Margarita. Um, we will have oh, it's, it's it's no, it's, it's at Devil's Margarita. At Devil's Margarita. What did I say? You said the Devil's Margarita. Oh my bad. At not the. <laughs> Just FYI. Scrap the the. <laughs> Delete it. it. <laughs> backspace, back, backspace. Um, yeah, so at Devil's Margarita. On Instagram and Twitter, we will have images uh, from the case and any notes and stuff that you need will be there. If you would like to send us an email, though, we love emails. Uh, we do. We do. Send this one. Devil's Margarita Pod. <laughs> Isn't it Devil's Margarita yes. Pod? It is Devil's Margarita Pod. At gmail.com. <laughs> and we will see you very soon. Uh, in, in two weeks. Two weeks. Or in the very next episode, if you are listening to this yeah. later. <laughs> True. Maybe we should like end this with this like, you'll hear from us when you hear from us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what? The next time you hear that's, from us is when you will hear from us. That, that's mysterious because you never know then. Could be any time. Spooky. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for us for this episode anyway. It is. Okay. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back soon. Yeah. Don't kidnap anyone. Yeah. Don't do that. But do Fuck make that. dot points because I love dot points. <laughs> Big fan. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't make dot points of murder or kidnapping or anything like that. Just make general no dot points. No dot points about crime. Dot <gasps> points about anything else. Positive dot points only. <laughs> I like it. All right. <laughs> That's merch, I feel. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, goodbye. Bye.